Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Future Tech Podcast. It's me, Charlie Sell, the Group MD of Arrows Group, where I get a chance to speak with thought leaders, heads in tech, um, people who are inspirational within the world of technology, asking a bit about their story, talking about stuff really relevant to them. Um, and we finish on that all-important career advice for many of our STEM listeners and, and young people looking for their first step into the world of technology and, uh, and engineering. So really pleased to have Matthew Blakemore with me today. Matthew is the head of product of a national uh, media and entertainment company. Um, and we've got quite a nice story on how we got into technology. It's not, not the most traditional of routes, but someone who really has progressed um, and is doing some really, really exciting stuff now. So Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me on. Uh, really looking forward to speaking with you today. Fantastic. Well, look, let's jump straight into your story and, and tell us a bit about you, please. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess my, my journey into technology um, is, is quite an unusual one. Um, in the sense that at university, I didn't study computer science, I studied international business. Um, and the interesting thing is kind of I following um, some work I'd done on one of my university courses for a particular client, I kind of fell into working in the tech sector um, after graduating. And so I worked for a couple of tech startups uh, from a particular entrepreneur and, and learned a lot from him about things you should do things that, that possibly you shouldn't do. Um, and uh, it, it was a really great learning curve for me. The great thing about working in a startup environment is you get thrown in at the deep end and you it's a good opportunity for you to find where you really excel and where you struggle. And certainly when when I was working in that environment, it became clear to me that, that you know, where, where I really found my niche was working in product management and, and managing the delivery of products and getting involved um, in the ideation of, of new new concepts. So, so that's really where, where my career journey started. Um, beyond that, I then at one point set up my own tech company um, called Looks Good On Me, which was a fashion technology startup. Uh, we actually won a university grant from the University of Hertfordshire and were able to, to kind of assist retailers in, in London uh, to, to try and drive traffic to their stores. Um, what you you may or may not know that that fashion retailers have a particular problem with with returns, um, so they actually prefer for you to to uh, shop in store. So it was all about trying to make the in store experience more engaging, using AI to kind of suggest other items that might go with what you're trying on. So so that was a really interesting journey. I uh, went through the London Accelerator Academy as well and learned from real experts in their field, like Damon Bonser, who's the head of the British Design Fund. Um, and then since then, I, I worked for, for some larger companies. So for a while, I worked in uh, a company called Itso um, and was working with um, Google, who you may have heard of, uh, to deliver a ticketing system in, for, for, the transport, for public transport in Birmingham, uh, which is live today. So effectively, you can tap your, your Android device to, to travel around the city on, on various public transport services. So really interesting journey. And the great thing about working in technology is you're not kind of stuck in a particular field. So you've probably seen there's some interesting uh, fields there that have been, have been in, you know, fashion and transport, but you're not, you're not stuck in one field. So now at the moment, as, as you say, I'm in media and entertainment, working on a couple of AI projects. So it's, it's really exciting being able to kind of 
switch fields, but take the expertise that you've learned along the way into those environments. Yeah, and and and, and thank you for that because that story, you know, it's it's so refreshing to hear. And again, for many of our listeners, that you know, the days are gone where you have what you studied at university or school dictates what your career ends up being. In fact, you know, in, in today's world, people more than often than not will have three, four, five different careers altogether. Um, but mm. what I love about technology is you can get that variety within a very broad industry because we are industry agnostic, aren't we? So, so yeah, you know, as you said, with fashion, with transport, um, with media now. Um, and I was, it was really interesting to hear about you. It, it sounds like you've, you've got a real interest in AI as well because that's what you're doing with your own business mm. and what you're doing. What's, what's your thoughts about the growth of technology in that sector and, and artificial intelligence, VR, you know, is, is that, do you think that's the future? Do you think that's where, where technology is leading towards? I think certainly companies now are beginning to realise the value of their data. And, and for a long time, AI has been something that's been discussed, um, but, but not necessarily implemented or utilised. And it's been a bit scary for people as well, because they've been like, oh, no, it will mean lots of job losses and things like that. But actually, what people are realising is that AI is a great way to optimize current processes and to actually help your staff achieve more um, and so you know the roles that I've had certainly certainly in the in the retailer we're working with um, various companies in London was to actually add value to their in-store experience so it wasn't about you know losing staff it was about saying when someone's shopping how can you actually utilize this technology to to actually improve the experience and certainly when I'm using AI today as well, it's all about how we can optimize and streamline processes. So I think the, the field of AI has become a lot more accessible. There are tools out there now um, through you know, AWS, Microsoft, that just mean that you can actually go out there today. And if you've never used machine learning tools before or AI before, you can, you can set up your own app very quickly to recognize a cat, for example. Um, so there's lots of different ways you can, you can experiment with AI in a way you couldn't before. And, and that has opened the door to companies exploring new things they can do with their data. So, so yeah, I think AI certainly is, is, is here to stay. And over time, it will, it will improve. So, so you know, if you, if you look at the image recognition technology we were utilizing in retailers in the past, uh, which was maybe five, six years ago, and you look at the image recognition tools today, because of the amount of training data they've had now and because of the improved models, the, the quality is much, much higher. Yeah, and, and again, that's, that's really interesting in how you sort of explained, and it's, it's the same as when open source and technology came about, that with the more tools, accessible tools out there that people can do a lot of their own learning. Because I think one of the pre-misconceptions, and especially when I speak to, it's not actually young people, it's people sort of with one or two years experience, is when you talk about AI, VR, machine learning, they, they immediately go to data and then they immediately think of data engineering, data science, and then they think that you've got to be a mathematician from, from Cambridge or Oxford to be able to understand that part of the world. But, but I think from what you're saying is actually because it's advanced so much that, that as long as you're highly capable, a lot of it you can pick up even without that, that, that first degree from Oxford in maths. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, AI is not going to be a field that is just for mathematical experts. Of course, there is a role for them to play yeah. within that field. Um, but certainly, you know, I, I myself wouldn't count myself as, as, a, as a mathematical expert. But nonetheless, 
my role is more around how we can utilize this technology the training types of training data we can use to um to get the best results for adding value for the business you know it's it's it, there's lots of different roles within the ai sector um and certainly yeah you don't you don't have to be uh, a mathematical genius to to actually even as you say, get started and create your own models these days, because there's so many tools out there that have been created by mathematical geniuses that, that are accessible to anyone. Yeah, yeah. And again, I totally agree with you. And you spoke a bit about at the beginning that you, you've you worked with tech startups as well. And, and I, again, I fully agree that within a startup environment, you learn very, very quickly where your strengths are and also where, your, where the challenges are, what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy. And, and, and I wonder if you think it's a fair statement to sort of say that you also, it, there's a certain type of mindset that would, would flourish in a startup compared to a much more established business. And, and from you working on both sides, in your view, what, what type of personality traits or, or what do you think suits someone more for a startup versus uh, a much more established business? It's a really good question. I mean, there's certainly very different environments, um, but I would say that if you're someone leaving university or having graduated from university that's not necessarily certain of, of where your core strengths lie or um, what you want to do, a startup is a great way to, to learn more about yourself and contribute to, to an exciting business normally. Um, you know, so, so that's, that's really what startups are great for. Um, obviously, with, with larger companies, you you aren't you're you're kind of a cog in a wheel and you need to be uh, able to to cope in that sort of environment as well where you're going to have less freedoms than you would in a startup um, and you're going to be you know part of a machine rather than um, leading a particular side of the business so so if you know what you want to do straight out of university then getting involved in in larger companies makes sense but if you don't, then I would certainly recommend the startup route, because though you may not be earning a lot from that startup in terms of financials, you, you, you can get a lot out of it from in terms of building your career, understanding where you want to be, um, understanding more about your strengths and weaknesses, as you say, um, which can really give you a foot up further down the line. That's certainly what I've found anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, again, I, I, I fully agree. So moving on then to career advice, and you know we discussed a little bit of it um, prior, but but can you give us a bit of your thoughts? You know, if you've got those those first timers coming into your business, mm. what's what's those two or three pieces of advice you'd give? Sure. So I guess the the first piece of advice would be continuous learning, um, and I think uh, that gone are the days where you know you study a degree. Uh, you, you start on the jobs ladder and, and that's the only education you need to kind of excel in your career. I think these days, you know, there are services like Udemy and Coursera and, and people and the, because the jobs market is so competitive, people are continuously learning, um, looking at how they can uh, skill up uh, to, to, to compete for the, for the better jobs, basically. And so, so you're going to have to be open to continuous learning and have a, have a hunger for continuous improvement if you really want to excel. Um, myself, I'm constantly looking at new courses. Last year, I studied a, a course in AI and machine learning as well um, to, to kind of upskill further. So, so yeah, I think it's, it's really a case of, of being open to that and not thinking that, that you know everything out of the blocks because 
you know, university courses are great, but but they are a, a good foundation, I would say, for 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 a flourishing career, not necessarily the the end goal. Yeah, again, totally, totally agree. So, what's your second piece? So, the second thing is persistence. So, you know, there have been many times in my career where something hasn't necessarily gone right, or where you know we've applied for grants and we haven't been successful. Um, and I would say that it's it, you, you really need to, to, to be persistent to succeed in this field. Um, and, and in some ways, you need a bit of a thick skin as well. So, you know, if you do get a knockback, you need to be able to, to kind of deal with it in a, in a, in a productive way um, rather than get down about it. Because everyone in this field will have knockbacks. You know, sometimes products won't deliver what, you, what you've expected. And it's how you can kind of recalibrate those products to then deliver an alternative solution that, that's still valuable. Um, equally, as I say, in, in the grant case, um, you know, it's how you can, how can you improve the bid? How can you um, overcome the potential issues or pushback you've had before? You know, when, when I was applying previously to, to Innovate UK, for example, you know, I got, I was successful having resorted a bid three times. And it's a lot of work to, to redo those bids, but so it takes a lot of determination and persistence, but but it's really well worth it if you put the time in and the effort in, because uh, you will get results. But it's it's as I say, it's it's not no, nothing comes easily. You have to really push for it. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I think those two alone, continuous learning and, and persistence and resilience, really do underpin the the, the new world of today. You know, we, we talk mm. a lot um, about how times have changed for for young people entering the. The world and and as I say, the the amount of information, the amount of self learning that can be done now, you you can become your own creative um, uh, advantage, only competitive advantage, yeah. if you invest in yourself. Um, but you have to break down those doors, I guess. And just just one bit that came from my thinking, like obviously speaking to yourself, and you've gone from tech into the world of product, and how important do you think? communication relationship building is now you know with technology how far it's advanced and come along um i certainly think relationship building is still a key part of of any any role in in tech certainly if you're if you're going to be the product uh person so the product manager or or project manager uh you need to bring all teams along with you so you know you can't uh, i guess it's, it's really tricky to 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 be you know, a project manager or a product manager, if you can't communicate with the development team, with the marketing team, with other individuals working on different projects within the business, and also communicate the wider vision uh, to, to the senior teams, like the CEO, for example, because you're not always going to be in an environment as well where everyone in the business understands exactly what you're doing. Um, and sometimes what you're working on can be incredibly complex. So, the way that, that you can succeed in those circumstances is by building those relationships and communicating well. Um, and that's something that you can always improve on. And, and you know, that's something that I'm always improving on as well in, in terms of bringing people along that journey with you who aren't necessarily techies to start with. Because that that's going to become a problem for, for a lot of companies, actually, because, as I say, AI has now become more accessible. Companies that weren't necessarily technical before are looking to become technology companies. And so you've still got, historically, people there who won't necessarily 
have previously have been embracing that technology. So it's how you bring those people along the journey with you. And I think that's so important. Yeah. Well, thank you. Because, yeah, I, I, again, uh, all the points you've covered today, I think, have really resonated. And it's it's great just to hear it from people who are, who, who are living it and doing it. It's not just academic exercises when we when we speak with people like yourself who actually walk in the walk it's 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 it's, yeah as I said truly inspiring so time has flown by as always and and you know we've we've, we've flown through another episode so Matt just from me and on behalf of everyone who's listening a massive thank you for being on the show thanks for inviting me really appreciate it and for all our listeners that's another episode of future tech um as many people know it's uh on our website arrows group podcasts but also on the 35 university career portals um as well as our linkedin page so um this show will be aired in september um and look forward to everyone receiving that and to the next show thank you